Welcome to Hooked. I'm Rachel, your guide through the perplexing and sometimes deadly world of internet catfishing. Why do people catfish, and how many lies can they tell before they get caught? Stick around to find out in this week's episode of Hooked. Show business is hard. You can work for years and years and never really get anywhere. And even if you get opportunities, the world may never take notice of you. Think about all the past American Idol finalists you can't remember, or all the supporting actors you barely registered in movies and TV. So you'd be forgiven for thinking that just because you don't remember Lucia Cole doesn't mean she wasn't a huge star. Lucia Cole didn't so much burst onto the music scene as much as slowly strolled in. According to her Wikipedia, she was born in Arkansas on May 5th, 1992. At five years old, with her light brown skin and curly black hair, Lucia was signed to Ford Models. A popular child model, she also had a recurring role on Barney and then graduated to parts on Family Matters, The Parkers, and In the Parent Trap, the remake with Lindsay Lohan, I assume. Post high school, Lucia took some time off to get a degree in social work at Arkansas State University. But while she was there, she was also writing and recording songs, more than 15 of which had made the top 20 Billboard Hot 100 by the time she was 22. She also did a lot of work behind the scenes, writing for Mariah Carey, Beyonce, Ariana Grande, Kelly Clarkson, Jordan Sparks, and Christina Aguilera. According to her wiki page, she contributed to the sale of over 15 million records worldwide by about 2014. By the beginning of 2015, Lucia was ready to concentrate on her own album, her first despite her long list of showbiz accomplishments. She joined YouTube and Twitter a few months before its release to do some self-promotion, which was made easier by the fact that some people already seemed to know her, which would make sense since she had worked with so many big artists. Besides collaborating with long, successful singers, Lucia also met plenty of famous people through her boyfriend, Tennessee Titans football player Kenny Vaccaro. And it didn't hurt that Shaquille O'Neal was her godfather. In fact, as Lucia's self-titled debut album was ramping up for its May 2015 release, Shaq tweeted on the 20th, Support at Sing Lucia Cole's new album, Innocence. Can you say new Mariah Carey? It's fire. So all these connections were helpful to create hype, as was the fact that even before Innocence debuted, fans were already begging her to work on some new stuff. On May 20th, a week before the album came out, Lucia tweeted, If one more fan asks for a Trey Songs collab, sheesh, Trey don't want to collab with me, lol. Trey's one of the few artists I haven't worked with. That wasn't for lack of trying. Lucia loved Trey Songs and tweeted at and about him regularly. He never seemed to notice, but come May 28th, 2015, Lucia was focused on her album's release. With 64,000 Twitter followers being repped by one of the three biggest music labels and her industry background, she was set up for success. And while Innocence didn't make a huge splash in its first weeks, there was some buzz in the form of complimentary tweets and online articles. On the site Bossip, short for Black Gossip, she talked about her showbiz childhood and being cast in the latest Tyler Perry movie. In Music Times, a now-defunct media site, she revealed that for her next album, she would be teaming up with Ariana Grande and Drake for a few songs. She also said that her song, Your Love, appeared in the movie Tomorrowland, which had come out just before her album. She also discussed the darker topic of abuse in the music industry, 
and provided screenshots of texts between her and a Sony executive in which he threatened her career if she refused his advances. On Twitter, people were very complimentary of Innocence. User Songbird Kelly posted a picture of Lucia's music playing on her phone, commenting that it was the only way she was getting through her day. People were discussing the deeper meaning of each of her songs. Leo Butera, another user, tweeted at Lucia that he loved the 90s, 2000s sound of her music. He said, It was the vocals of Christina Aguilera, Mariah Carey, and Jessica Simpson all in one. And, most importantly to Lucia, Trey Songs started following her. Jessica Simpson and Mariah Carey were the singers Lucia was compared to the most. While she stated that she loved Simpson's music, it was Mariah Carey that Lucia looked up to the most. She said in an interview that as a child, she used to write fan letters to Carey, and once Lucia had started working with her, Carey told her that she remembered reading Lucia's letters and had even kept a few. Almost as soon as Innocence came out, Lucia was being gossiped about. People on forums argued about whether or not she had quote-unquote chopped up her face with cosmetic surgery. She and Kenny Vaccaro had broken up after sexts between the two had leaked, and Lucia addressed the elephant in the room with a tweet. Did I write the bulk of the songs on Innocence about Kenny? Um, obviously, since that's who I was in a relationship with. Despite the attitude in that tweet, though, she was still hot and cold with Vaccaro, saying that Godfather Shaq always teased her that despite their long talks about Vaccaro's faults, Lucia was going to run back to him anyway. But soon Lucia would be too busy to think about dating. She was asked to present at the Teen Choice Awards in mid-June. She was excitedly reposting videos of fans singing covers of her songs, and she just couldn't hide her excitement about her collaboration with Ariana Grande. Perhaps if Lucia had claimed to be working with a more minor celebrity, her story wouldn't have fallen apart. But in 2015, just like now, Ariana Grande was one of the biggest names in pop music. Her image and her music were everywhere, and she had millions and millions of fans, some of whom were dedicated enough to know every single person Grande had ever worked with. And as far as they knew, Lucia Cole had never been one of them. While plenty of Ariana Grande fans, who call themselves Arianators, thought Lucia's claims were weird, there was one kid who did private eye-level deep dive to find the truth. Known on Twitter as Leo Butera, not his real name, and on Tumblr as Pop Culture Died in 2009, also not his real name, Leo was a high school boy who wrote a veritable novella on his findings on his Tumblr. And while most of the articles and interviews on Lucia were poorly written, rife with run-on sentences, Leo's blog posts are extremely well done and also extremely funny. If you enjoyed this episode, follow the links in the description to Leo's writings about all of this. Leo loves both Ariana Grande and Jessica Simpson. He was the one who had complimented Lucia on Twitter on the retro sound of her music, which made him nostalgic for Simpsons material. And sometimes, when you become nostalgic for music from your childhood, you might go and find your old CDs or look up the songs on YouTube. And when Leo did this, he noticed that Lucia's songs weren't reminiscent of Jessica Simpson's songs. They were Jessica Simpson's songs, from her 2001 album. In fact, when he looked up Lucia's music on YouTube, rather than on iTunes, YouTube actually identified the music as Simpson's. Those videos Lucia had reposted of her fans covering her songs, they were people singing Simpsons songs, which explains the poor quality of the footage. Remember the person on Twitter called Kelly Songbird? She was allegedly one of those cover singers, in a video shot seven years before Lucia's album debuted. 
Leo also found that some Simpson songs, with new titles and featuring Lucia's album cover, had been uploaded before the album was released. And unlike a single that's released ahead of an album, these songs weren't uploaded by Lucia's record label. They were uploaded by some rando named David Russell. A quick Google revealed that Lucia's music couldn't have been featured in the movie Tomorrowland because Tomorrowland exclusively used an original score. Leo's research got easier from there. A Twitter audit report showed that out of Lucia's 64,000 followers, 63,517 of them were fake. The report said that the veracity of Lucia's profile was at 1%. Using the tactic from Catfish the TV show, Leo took grabs of photos alleged to be Lucia and dropped them into Google image search. Shocker, the women in the pictures were not Lucia. Yes, women, plural. Whoever was behind the account had used multiple women to represent Lucia. They all had the same general features, light brown skin, black hair that was either curly or straightened, but definitely not the same woman if set side by side. Lucia, whoever she actually was, seemed to realize that her time was running out, and behind the scenes, she was doing everything she could to verify the Lucia identity online. She added lots of details on the Lucia Cole wiki page, including a section on musical style that was lifted word for word from Jessica Simpson's page. Like, she's not even trying. Her account actually ended up getting banned a few days later because she had tried to change the wiki pages of the Teen Choice Awards and Kelly Clarkson to include information about her work with them. On June 15, 2015, iTunes and Amazon removed Lucia's singles and albums from their music libraries. Of course, if any diehard Lucia fans still wanted to listen, they could just look up Jessica Simpson's stuff for a fix. It's not like the songs were earning the companies any money. It was confirmed by NPR that no more than five copies of any of Lucia's songs had been purchased. You have to wonder why the person behind Lucia didn't pull a Donald Trump Jr. and just buy hundreds and hundreds of copies to bump the stats. A day or two after Lucia's music was deleted, the singer had had enough. She posted a very long-winded suicide note in the form of a screenshot from her phone's note app. It read, Let's begin at the beginning. My mother and father gave me up as a child. I was tossed from one random family to another, never really being able to know stability. All throughout my life, I grew up out of place, being abused. If I spoke up, sexually assaulted. Eventually, I made it to college, and during this time, I was just on one fake Twitter account, just as a type of way to escape my reality for a bit. I never intended on meeting anyone from the account. In September of 2013, Trey Songs randomly followed me, and I was shocked out of my mind. We didn't really start speaking a lot until November, when he called me for my birthday. From that point on, we talked on the phone and texted every day. It was something that I had never known before. The things he would say generally made me feel loved and like he cared. This went on for a little over a year, and of course he eventually broke it off after that time due to me never being able to meet. He'd repeatedly tell me how he wanted to make love to me and whatnot, and I guess his patience ran out. When that happened, my whole world fell apart. He was literally the only person I had left in this world. I went into pure depression. I stopped attending classes and interacting with everyone. I didn't know how to go on. A few months later, I started with new accounts to try to once again start talking to Trey, and I've been trying non-stop because I don't know who else I can turn to. I apologize to anyone I hurt. Jessica, the record labels, the interviewers. I realize now that this is no way to live, so I will be ending my life within a couple of hours. Whether you hate me or not, my intentions were never for this to happen. Be blessed. XOXO. 
Before we go on, lest you think I am mocking an actual suicide note here, don't worry. Lucia is not dead, nor did she attempt. Because Lucia is clearly not real. So how did she get so much validation from people? While a few interviews Lucia had shared were clearly written by the author of the note I just read, if the nauseating sentence structure is any indication, some of the interviews had been done by actual reporters. Well, turns out the reporters just ignored what they found, or rather didn't find. Jane Bolden, managing editor of Bossip, said to BuzzFeed, I wouldn't say there were no red flags. We did vet her thoroughly. We fact-checked. She stated she had a previous contract with Sony RCA. We did speak with them, and they didn't have any record of her. At that point, we had already interviewed her, and I thought, well, she has a nice story. It's a pull-up by her bootstraps. It's a positive story. She said she had a new deal with Universal, so we checked with them, and they didn't get back to us by press time. Cool. Good job, you guys. This is the person they took a chance on, when there are actual talented singers who could benefit from a reporter taking a chance on them. But okay, the reporters didn't do their job, but it's not like they're expected to physically sit down with everyone they do an interview with. But what about Shaq? You know, famous athlete and allegedly Lucia's godfather? He posted about her and her album on his Twitter. And it wasn't just a retweet of Lucia. He actually had to compose a tweet. Wouldn't he, as her godfather, know whether or not Lucia was a real person? A few possible explanations. First, it's possible that Shaq's Twitter isn't run by him, and whoever does run it figured Lucia seemed legit and tweeted about her. Or it's possible Shaq, or his assistant, saw him tagged in a vague enough way, Shaq is such a great guy, in Lucia's Twitter that he thought he'd make a fan's day and tweet about them. Or, as the podcast Citation Needed suggested, it's possible that Shaq responded to the tweet about Lucia's album, but didn't look deeply enough into his mentions to see that Lucia claimed they had a familial link. After all, to be a famous person, and especially a famous black person online, he probably attracts some not-so-savory mentions from hateful people. So, Lucia was dead. Figuratively. But whoever was behind Lucia was alive and well, and wasn't about to disappear. After posting his impressive narrative about the Lucia case and all of his findings on Tumblr, Leo thought his work was done. But not long after, Leo got an anonymous message on Tumblr. It read, The girl behind the Lucia Cole account isn't going anywhere. She changed her account to Soraya Gedlu a few days ago, and is tweeting from that account. Last tweet was about 30 minutes ago. Loved reading your post. This story has been extremely captivating. Unquote. And maybe this is me being paranoid, but I'm fairly sure this anonymous person is the person behind Lucia. Because again, it has the same sentence structure as the fake suicide note and the fake articles about her. Then again, a lot of people don't understand that commas and periods aren't interchangeable, so again, maybe I'm just paranoid. But if you're familiar with the case of Luca Magnata, the real-life villain from the Don't Fuck With Cats documentary, you'll know that this is exactly the kind of thing he did. He'd infiltrate Facebook groups dedicated to bringing him to justice for his animal abuse, and drop little hints about his whereabouts. Some of them were pretty obscure, but others were just as overt as Leo's anonymous message. I'm not done. Catch me if you can. Of course, whoever is behind Lucia hasn't killed anyone or any animals, and thank God for that. So Leo went back into gumshoe mode. He went to Soraya Gedlu's Twitter, only to find that she was yet another beautiful, biracial, up-and-coming singer. Soraya was allegedly signed to Sean Combs, aka Diddy's, label Bad Boy Records, and apparently screenshots of flirty texts between Soraya and Combs had been leaked, causing his girlfriend of seven years to break up with him. 
This was reported on in Bossip, and I tried to read more into it, but it involved one of those slideshows and answering survey questions, so I gave up. But I find it interesting that Bossip is coming up again. This story was published less than six months after they published the Lucia Cole interview, and the fact that they appear to have fallen for another lie from the same person makes me suspicious. Unlike some of the other articles about Lucia, which were the sole publication on otherwise dead sites, Bossip is an established site. But between them happening to come across the same liar twice and the editor's admission that they don't really look into sources, I have a hard time seeing it as a coincidence. BuzzFeed did too. In February 2016, Kate Natopoulos was quickly able to see the similarities between Soraya and Lucia. Soraya had 178,000 Twitter followers, almost all bots. The music published under Soraya's name on iTunes and Amazon was actually done by the 90s girl group Dream. Like Lucia, Soraya is from the South and biracial. In fact, Natopolis confirmed that the same collection of pictures used for Lucia were also used for Soraya. And of course, Soraya was dating someone famous. In this case, her producer, Combs. Unlike with Lucia though, Soraya's lies seem to have had the real life consequence of breaking up a longtime couple. Soraya came and went pretty quickly, much as Lucia had. But it wasn't long before Leo found Nalo Rowe, yet another pretty biracial singer obsessed with Trey songs who sounded so much like Catherine McPhee that it was almost like it was her. And again, Nala used some of the same photos. It was at this point that one of the actual women in the pictures, Reese Cromwell, started getting worried. The person behind these accounts, whoever they were, had broken up at least one couple and was constantly trying to get the attention of famous men. Cromwell was worried that she was going to be linked to this behavior and it would ruin her reputation as a clothing designer. Especially because Nala had found interviews with Cromwell about her business, uploaded them to her own YouTube, and titled them as Interview with Designer Nala Rowe. Just like before, fake sites popped up featuring interviews and articles about Nala, her music, and her relationship with football players Odell Beckman and Kenny Vaccaro. And just like before, Nala got banned from Wikipedia for trying to edit real people's pages. Leo was 99.9% .9 sure that Lucia and Nala were one and the same, and it was confirmed when he DM'd Nala and said simply, Hi Lucia, and was immediately blocked. But Lucia Nala wasn't so shy around Kate Natopoulos. After the Soraya story, she tweeted at Natopoulos from the Soraya account. Lucia here. Thanks for making me famous, girl. By 2016, a new account had popped up. Lamia Vano. You gotta give her credit. This girl creates some good stage names. Lamia was the same basic singer Lucia had created over and over, using a 2003 Shantae album, as well as some Joss Stone. For an extra bit of spice this time around, Lamia took advantage of singer Kesha's sexual assault lawsuit to tell her own story about sexual assault at the hand of music executives. Lamia's pictures were stolen from California law student Allison Bankhead. Leo contacted Bankhead to let her know, and when Bankhead asked Lamia to remove her photos, she did. But this person is nothing if not persistent. A few days later, a Twitter for Zariah Ivana was created. Zariah, unlike her past counterparts, was less focused on dating famous men and more vocal about the fact that she had been chosen by her label to, quote, take down Mariah Carey. Zariah was one of the few personas that had a full website, and this one included a blog, which allowed me to be certain that Zariah came from the same person as Lucia. That sentence structure. Another new thing with Zariah was that a fan Instagram had been set up. 
While Zariah was active, the other personalities were dormant on Twitter, but Leo found that Nala Rowe was on Snapchat and dating sites, chatting it up with as many men as possible. It was around this time that Leo discovered another female profile. But this one wasn't fake. This was, he was pretty sure, the person behind all of these fake personas, Aisha John. Aisha John was not a model. She was not a singer. She was a troubled 30-something Southern girl. Using her IP address and the domain name for Soraya's website, Leo found some info on who owned the site. The owner was listed as Soraya Gebru with a related email address, and a real address. Leo typed that address into Google Maps, and it showed him that this famous millionaire performer was living in a tiny house in the tiny 8,000-person town of Brobridge, Louisiana. While it would be admirable for someone with a net worth of $10 million to live so below their means, a quick Google of the address introduced Leo to Aisha John. John had had an unfortunate few years before creating Lucia. Her mom died a few years before, and in 2016, post-Lucia, but while she still had other personas, her father died. She has a sister named Casey, who is a few years older than Aisha. Both of these women have extensive criminal records. They haven't killed anyone or anything, but in 2016, Ayusha was getting arrested monthly for things like shoplifting, speeding, and contempt of court. In addition to her own rap sheet, Casey had gone missing in 2012 and was considered in danger due to her schizophrenia. She was found after just a few days. At one point, Kate Natopoulos called a number linked with Aisha's address and got Casey on the phone, who said not only had she never heard of Lucia Cole or the other personas, but no one in her household would be capable of making a website. It seems she underestimated her little sister. And it certainly seems coincidental that the night Lucia Cole allegedly killed herself, Aisha got arrested. After learning all of this, one of Leo's blog readers created a Twitter account with the username Expose Zariah, trying to bring an end to all of this insanity. And someone was watching closely, because mere minutes after the account went live, an egg account claiming to be one of the John family members tweeted at them. The username was a result of someone hitting a few keys at random, and the display name was Help. This person told Expose Zariah that they were already aware that Aisha is Lucia, et al., and that Aisha has a mental disorder. I tend to scoff at people throwing around, she has a mental illness as a defense, see all racist people screaming at random black people this past year, and being written off as mentally ill instead of racist. However, given her sister's diagnosis and the environmental factors that had happened over the years, this could actually be true. In any case, Exposed Zariah suggested that enabling Aisha would only cause further harm. The relative fired back that Aisha had just been released from a mental health facility, but later in the conversation said that the last time Aisha had gotten treatment was two years before. According to the Egg account, Aisha had confided with her grandmother about her catfishing activity, who in turn told the owner of the Egg account. Leo believes that the Egg account is actually Aisha, but I don't think so, because they use punctuation perfectly. And given how many times Aisha's personas refused to acknowledge any issues with the accounts or what they did, I have a hard time believing that Aisha would be willing to talk about a stay in a psych ward. Then again, that could be a sign of successful therapy. In the end, while Lucia and her counterparts did a lot of jerking people around, there wasn't a ton of harm done. Yes, whoever is behind these accounts stole music, but I'm sure Jessica Simpson and Catherine McPhee won't miss the $30 they lost to the catfish. 
However, what was done was still a crime, and if Aisha is the person behind the accounts, it doesn't seem like she can risk more trouble with the law. Kate Atopoulos did manage to get Aisha on the phone at some point, and asked her why she did all of this. Her answer? It's something interesting to do with free time. In a sense, I'm bringing these people's music back to relevance. Can you really name any songs by Catherine McPhee? Thanks for checking out Hooked this week. We'll be back next week with a new story. But for right now, you can find me on social media on Twitter at HookedPodcast1, that's the number one at the end, on Instagram at HookedPodcast, and on Facebook at HookedThePodcast. Also, I'd love it if you left me a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you really like what I'm doing, head on over to patreon.com slash hookedthepod, where you can get access to early episodes and regularly released bonus episodes. Again, thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you next week.